Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office slash dog kennel slash bathroom slash break room slash art gallery slash storage unit. Um, I think I need a few more slashes in there. I'll start trying to come up with some better ones. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, this podcast, if anybody listening hasn't figured it out, is dedicated to international harvester um i know i talk a lot about scouts but uh, i actually am a full-size pickup guy myself um so i kind of enjoy those so yeah uh this is binder boneyard podcast and i appreciate you listening um i know i've been cranking these out for over a month now and um the listenership keeps climbing and the reviews keep coming in and generally they're positive and I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm not a professional radio host or DJ or personality, so I um, am new at all this. I don't know what to do with my hands and I have a face for radio, so it's perfect. Uh, I'm just learning the ropes still and uh, listening to other podcasts and trying to get this thing handled. So again, I appreciate everybody following along and your patience while these things get a little more polished and a little more um, less <laughs> regimented. I know I've listened to some of the earlier ones and I sound like a robot. Um, and so, yeah, I'm working on not being a robot. So that's uh you know, one of the many things that I need to improve on. But again, thank you everybody for following along. Happy to help. Hopefully I could shed some advice and some light on issues you guys are having. Uh, so don't hesitate to send me an email at uh, binderboneyardpodcast at gmail. Uh, if you've got a question or something specific you would like me to talk about on the show, uh, or if you have uh, ideas I'm open to them. I don't care if your idea is that I suck and I should die. I will listen and make a note. So, <laughs> thank you. Oh, you wouldn't be surprised how many people have sent me that note already. Um, so, mostly just my mom. But anyways, thank you. Uh, first order of business, birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. Route 66, west to east, California, hopefully Bakersfield. I'll be taking the 56. It will be slow. It will be fun. There will be picture rich. There will be lots of stops. There will be lots of looking at things. So that's uh, my plan. And hopefully it works out. I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that it will work out. And uh, we'll go from there. So we got several months, you guys. You got six months to get your crap together or your shit together, uh, if you've, you know, like me. So get your rig on the road, get it semi-reliable, and get it down there. I'd love to have you guys along. It'd make a great, it'd make a great trip. So anyway, second order of business: uh, Sierra Fall Rally. Northern California, Nevada County Fairgrounds. It's in California. 
but it's the Nevada County Fairgrounds. October 4th, 5th through the 7th, 6th. It's, you know, it kind of runs out there. Great show. Recommend everybody that can get there, get there, check it out. It will be a great time. There's always great rigs. Always, always good stuff. California shows always have really nice stuff. The, you know, the sheet metal's good. There's no rust and the weather's nice. People take care of their crap. So it's really, uh, it's a good event. I recommend everyone go. So I will be there. Be there on Thursday afternoon so I can set up for Friday and Saturday. I will be bringing the enclosed trailer. If there's any parts you need, please speak up. Let me know. Hit me up on any of the socials and or the uh, Binder Boneyard podcast at Gmail. Let me know what you need. I will be traveling with the lovely Kendra Summer. She is actually flying in a few days in advance, and she will be spending time at the shop with me. We'll be going over work, business stuff, um, interviews. They're putting together a, um, I don't know what you'd call it, just a little infotainment thing about the shop. Uh, I'm going to teach her a thing or two about internationals. And we're going to load the trailer, and then she will document the trip to the show. Then she will be at the fall rally for the couple of days doing interviews and they will be putting together a show for IH Parts America uh, to showcase their shop and their show. So uh, it should be a good time uh, if you want to get your rig on camera. I def definitely recommend going. If you don't want to be on camera, well, wear a mask or a bag over your head or something. So um those are the two orders of businesses. Uh, I don't, I'm not planning any more trips for a while unless they're recovery trips. I know I have to go to California to haul back some parts um, and a haul, haul a rig or two back as well. But that's that's it. No other shows that I'm going to go to till probably Western Regionals all the way in April. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, so that's what's happening there uh the little dijon went to the exhaust shop today uh if you saw my instagram you saw me doing burnouts so that's cool uh love that little thing i always love the ones that i have to get rid of it's like when you name an animal you're gonna butcher you know you uh you get attached to it and so that's what they say you should never name an animal that you're going to eat because of that because you become attached uh, so I do. I get attached to these rigs as we finish them and, and the way they go. They become kind of, I don't know, familiar little staples in the shop or in the yard. And once they disappear, then you kind of forget. You know, it's just a, I don't know. I'm overly sentimental and overly attached like that. So I just love these damn trucks so much. You know, I know a lot of you guys can relate, especially some of you guys with the sentimental attachments you know you've got your dad's scout or your grandpa's travel all or your mom's you know sport top or whatever and uh it's i can understand that attachment they're great rigs you have a lot of memories in them and uh, and you want to keep them 
or you know you weren't able to keep the one that you grew up in for whatever reason it rusted away or or you folks had to sell it or something so now you're older and you buy one of your own i understand that sentimental attachment uh we've we've done quite a bit of work on rigs that probably should have been parted out and then started over with a better one because people were sentimentally attached but you know it's not up to me to tell people what to uh do or not do with their money or their rigs uh, if they tell me what they want and 90 percent of the time i do it uh, unless they're just crazy talking but no um so that's what's going on with the current workflow I had some more questions about the body work or the sheet metal repair we did on little Dijon and really uh, I just I just squared the thing up the best I could using you know door dimensions tape measure windshield to the bulkhead dimensions little things like that to kind of help make it square and make sure the door is shut correctly uh, there's there's no magic to it it's just using a tape measure I saw somebody on one of the Facebook pages about a different sheet metal repair post was asking for dimensions of a patch panel and I kept thinking like do you not own a tape measure is your tape measure broken is there a place near you that sells tape measures because if you're going to be putting in a patch panel, you're going to need some a measuring device of some sort. You can't just trace the old panel, a new panel, and cut it out and hope for the best. You're going to just buy, buy a goddamn tape measure. Seriously. Add that to my list of tools you guys are supposed to have in your garage behind grease gun and mini air compressor. Because, yeah, tape measure, kind of important. I mean, it's not just for measuring your pee-pee. It's for, you know, dimensioning things as well. So, yeah, I don't know, guys. Just think about it. <laughs> That's all. Like, really, just think about it. You know, I see people asking, where can I buy this? Where can I buy that? You know, if it's not an international specific part, how about you start at Amazon? And then, if you don't find it there, then your local parts store or your local hardware store, and if you don't find it there, then maybe it's time you hit the specialty stores or the eBay or or something like that. Because, yeah, it's out there, I promise. So, um, one thing I was thinking about today, talking about the little um, 80s again, the 800s. I just, I love those little things. Somebody asked me a while back, like, what my favorite one was or whatever and i i really like the 80s with the fold down windshield and all that but i hated the door design i don't like that twist handle thing i just i just didn't care for that it was i don't know like you guys you get used to push button on so many other things like my d series stuff all the trucks had push button doors um you know up from like 1950 uh what 53 all the way to 
75 they had a push button but no the little scout gets this weird like gate latch twist handle bullshit thing that breaks off or the door gets stiff and people start twisting on it and sure enough you break the thing off or or you forget that you locked it and then you try twisting it and break the cylinder out of it it just was a really bad design the 800s i you know that that's the thing is i'd love to put i guess if i had my way I would take like a 6580, so it had a few more little updates. The wiring was better. The had an alternator instead of a generator, and had backup lights uh, and things like that. But then put 800 doors on it, so I could have the push button. Uh, and the first thing I would do too is fix that goddamn hinge arrangement, so that I could take the doors off easy. Because nothing looks goofier than folding the windshield down with the doors on because you get that weird shark fin sticking up of the wing window like it just and i guess yeah you could unbolt the wing window and take it out and then just leave the window rolled down and it'd be fine too but it's just bizarre looking i, I don't know I, I you think if they wanted you to pull that wing window they would have made a better way to get it off of there or something i, I don't know I'd love to talk to an engineer from the 60s and just see what was going through their heads, but unfortunately, I think most of them are dead. Uh, if they're not dead, they're on their way to being dead. So that brings me to another point. So I'm all over the map today. Old people, and I think I've talked about this before, find them, listen to them, love them, hear their stories, learn what they have to say, listen to their teachings, uh, you know, they're dying off at an alarming rate and information that they have in their heads is going away quickly, very quickly. So if you can, if you know a local old guy that's semi-mechanical, find him, talk to him, befriend him. Don't be afraid of what people are going to think or what, or be shy or worried. I'm willing to bet you that old man is lonely as shit and would love to have some company. And nothing better than some company talking about shit that he loves. Unless he's like an angry drunk, then yeah, I'd avoid him because he's probably pissed about life anyways. Uh, or if he's like married with a ton of grandkids, he probably doesn't want to talk to anybody anyways either. He's probably just hiding in the garage because he's scared of everyone and doesn't want to be around so you know you got to kind of feel it out a little bit but you know i say find that old guy that knows some stuff and uh and and pick their brains because you know even if it's not international specific even if it's you know tuning a motorcraft carb or or doing a tune-up on a pontiac or something like that you learn little bits, little nuggets of information that you can apply to your own mechanical journey, your own life, your own everything. And sometimes those little guys have some good life lessons. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many of them have told me to never get married and marriage is a, a waste of time and women are the devil. And, you know, most I listen for like six months and then I fall off the wagon because I remember that I like women and they're fun to rub up against. 
So then I fall off that wagon and, and then I get reminded again why these old guys are always right and I am always wrong. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so listen to your old guy. And, and some of them have some amazing tools. And I don't mean like Snap-on. I mean like the 5.8 box end wrench that's been bent into a horseshoe and filed down so that you can get, you know, starter bolts off or a 9.16 that's bent into a gooseneck for getting exhaust manifold bolts off. Uh, you know, wobble head sockets that have been machined down for intake manifolds. They're, like there's a, these guys have some cool stuff that you can duplicate and you should duplicate because there was a reason for that tool and, and you, you're going to want it. Uh, I know I have some tools in my grandpa. Uh, I have my grandpa's big roll away in my shop that, you know, we pick a few tools out of every now and again, but most of the time we leave it alone because it's my grandpa's and I don't want the guys to fucking lose the shit. So, but there's some tools in there that are very spe special and specific. And I wish he was alive so I'd ask him what the hell they're for. But we've been able to use them for some pretty interesting projects and getting things done. So I'm, uh, I'm grateful for those tools that were handed down to me. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't like getting them the way that I got him because he's dead, but I'm thankful that I have them and I'm able to keep them safe and, and use them, keep them in use so they don't die with his memory, you know? So, uh, so yeah, befriend some old guys, check out what they got for specialty tools, learn some stuff, just spend some time with them. God, just take them a case of beer and hang out or whatever you know most of the time they'd be glad to have you and 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 you'll get something out of it too um you know just don't take advantage of them because then that's you know that's an asshole thing to do so don't do that but um i did no show prep today so i'm kind of you can hear me say i'm a lot because i'm reaching through here but the uh Oh, the 73 pickup is still up for trade for Scout 2, 80, 800, whichever. I just need it to be a decent driver. doesn't have to be awesome uh, body-wise. It just has to be mostly complete so I can have a winter beater because I'm, uh, I don't want to drive my Travelette. Oh, excuse me. Gosh. don't want to drive my Travelette through the uh, winter. Uh, unless I have to go tow something or a long drive. I would much rather use a scout that I can bounce off a ditch or put over a curb uh, and, and not be super worried about. Uh, so 73-10-10, so that's the torsion bar, A-arm front end. This particular truck has an AMC 258 and a T18 4-speed. The 258 is very built with the Clifford kit. Uh, it's got a four barrel intake currently has a 500 CFM two barrel on it. Uh, but it has a header. It's got, um, you know, cam, all the, the valve train's been gone through the motor itself was rebuilt. Also, uh, it's, it's a screamer. This thing hauls ass. It moves this truck like nobody's business. So it is a good drivetrain. 
We did breaks. We've done clutch. We did all kinds of stuff when it was apart. The thing just moves. And uh, I don't want to really get rid of it. But since I already have a decent two-wheel drive shop truck and being the 56, I'm going to be okay with letting this one go. It's really solid. I just, you know, I need a scout. So if anybody's listening, send me a message on the socials uh, or the email and see what we can come up with. Uh, and I, I enjoy the D series trucks They're They've got some nice refinements over the C series, but I will say the C series is probably my favorite, like a 64, uh, I'd say 66 Travelette would be my dream truck. If I had to, if I sold my black 71 Travelette and put all the money into building another truck for, to keep forever, it would probably be a 66 Travelette. Um, and I would probably do like full one tons and I do a Cummins in it. I know you guys are rolling your eyes. Oh, what about the DT? Yeah, the DT is a great engine. It's just a little bit heavier duty than what I want to run in that particular truck. I put the DT in my 45. That's going to be my big tow rig, but the, the light duty, medium duty, I shouldn't say medium duty, but just light duty pickups. I think the Cummins is a great option because it is a light duty pickup engine. Uh, I cringe when I see the five, nine and school buses and dump trucks and stuff, because I don't think it's meant quite for that. I believe it's a light duty, light duty pickup engine. So that's why it's good for conversions and swaps. So that's what I'd like to put, put that in a one ton 66 Travelette sound dead in the shit out of it rewire it update the gauges uh, you know that sort of stuff hide a stereo in it they're so timeless they're so that that round look i just you just can't get any better than that in my opinion uh as far as international design goes the d-series trucks are nice but man they're so square they're just so boxy and weird and they've got that rust weird rust issue under the windshield and the cowl and then the floor and then the cab corners, whereas the uh, the C-Series, yeah, it's got that terrible cowl rust. Uh, we've all seen it, experienced it, uh, where we know at least know what we're talking about. So, um, but I don't know. The C-Series stuff is just, it's just nice. I just love it. So I know, again, I'm, everyone's rolling their eyes at me, but it's just what I like. It's what I know my way around the probably second best i think i'm a i'm a d-series guy first just because that's what i've owned the most of and i've had the most time in and then c-series second and then scout 80 800 then scout two and then everything else after that and i have owned almost everything else uh the only thing i haven't owned yet is a personally i've owned is a 1980 turbo diesel scout i've not owned one of those I also have not owned a Postal Scout or right-hand drive Scout. Um, I think that's it. I mean, I've owned Terras and Travelers and Diesel Scouts. I've owned Scout 2s. I've owned Wagon Master. Believe it or not, I had one of those. I still wish I had that one. <laughs> um, I've owned Travelettes. You know, I've got a three-door B. I had a B110 three-door travelette with a service bed, factory service bed. 
you know, you can't get much more specific than that. Uh, I've got a three-door travel all. I've had 80s and 800s and red carpets and champagnes. And, you know, I haven't had an early 61. I've owned a 61, but it was like a, you know, 19,000 or something FC number. Whereas I would like to have had like an under, you know, under 5,000 numbered 61. But that's not a deal breaker. But, you know, so I've, I've been around enough of them. And I know I've been in and out of them enough. I've ruined enough of them. I've wrecked enough of them. I've parted enough of them out to that's what I base my uh, idea on my opinions on uh trust me i'm not just you know regurgitating stuff that i read on the internet uh, or what i've heard from other people say this is this is real life ownership so you know take that uh with a grain of salt uh so yeah you know i'm i'm i don't know i'm uniquely qualified i guess to speak on this and and there are other guys in the country that are as well uh you know, a lot of the other IH vendors have owned just as many, if not more, than I have because they've been around longer than I have. I mean, Jeff at IH Parts was doing this, you know, when I was a little kid. And Mike Moore, his family was into these. And Brendan Barnes' family owned international dealerships since the 50s. And, you know, guys have been there. Super Scout, of course, you know, that's the heart of it right there in Ohio. These guys... You know, yes, they have the ownership and the experience. So I'm not the only one that that is can speak on this, but I'm just saying I'm the only one with a podcast that can. So <laughs> and maybe when I'm down at Fall Rally, I'll get Jeff on the podcast. We'll do some interviewing, get some history from him. Um, I love Jeff to death. He's a great guy. So and uh, everybody should like him too. So there's there's that. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember when I was a kid, I didn't know what internationals were. I never saw one. When I was a, like a oof, junior in high school, we used to go snow wheeling all the time in the mountains after in the dark. It never fucking failed. We'd always go in the dark, get stuck, and then have to dig out or have somebody come pull us out or something. One time we were going up and I was in a buddy's Chevy pickup. And we passed a scout that was on a toe strap. And apparently he had broken an axle or something like that. But it was an 800. I remember it specifically because I thought it was a Bronco. Because, you know, I mean, Broncos are scout copies. And I didn't know anything as a being a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid. Um, and so but the windshield was busted out of it because it... Uh, they were using a chain to pull it out of where it was stuck and the chain broke and went through the windshield. I'll remember that vividly as well. But that was my first exposure to a international that I can remember. And then of course, shortly after I got my first scout and this never fails when you buy an international, you automatically start seeing them everywhere. They start popping up. You see them in people's yards and fields and, everywhere and you didn't even know they were there uh just it's the weirdest thing you you don't think about it until it's there so uh so yeah so once i got my first scout then all of a sudden they were coming up everywhere and i kicked myself for not buying a travelette uh, i know a guy that had a travelette and he wanted like 400 dollars for it and it was a 75 if i remember right 75 two-wheel drive it was a logging crummy that's what we call 
rigs out here out west. Uh, I grew up in the woods and the timber, and we refer to the trucks that haul their crews in and out of the woods. We call them crummies, C-R-U-M-M-Y, crummy. And because uh, normally those trucks are beat to hell. They're in terrible shape. They just get the shit used out of them. You know, my uncle ran a skitter up the side of his pickup one time uh, on accident, of course, but they just get used. They just get abused. So, um, but this 75 200 Travelette was a crummy and it was rough. Uh, and I remember the brakes had been worn completely through. The rear drums had had been worn so thin that you could see thin spots and the shoe you could see the inside of the drum. They ran it till it just had nothing left. And my guess is that this was the 80s, you know, so they had uh, exhausted the parts, um, you know, finding new drums, and they just said to hell with it and ran it till it died. And I, I looking back, I wish I'd bought that damn thing just because uh, it was so cool and it would have saved me a lot of trouble later. But anyway... Hindsight is always twenty twenty, always. But I'm sure I'll find another one someday. Uh, so, anyways, guys, I really appreciate uh, everyone listening. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the kind words, the good words, even the bad words. I, you know, I know I made an Instagram post the other day about uh, somebody making a bad review, and you know what? I don't care. I appreciate your feedback. I do. It helps me be a better. A better broadcaster, I guess, but uh, in the end, I still don't care. I am who I am, and I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to broadcast what I'm going to broadcast. So there, take that, my man. And uh, again, love you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for following Instagram, YouTube, eBay, all of it, Patreon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I will see you guys at the shows. Bye.